Welcome to the Orange is the New Black live edition from Zim Hude, uh YouTube. This is a little bit different, but I'm here with my man, my co-host, Ace Boogie. Talk to the people. We just got the dub today, 33-25 over the Jacksonville Jaguars. What's up? It's a good day. Whenever we can get a dub, you know, it's always good. Uh, this season, we've been waiting for one. We finally went and got one. We went out and handled business. I really saw a lot of things that I liked from the offense today. Also saw some things I liked from the defense today. But all in all, a good win definitely has me feeling somewhat optimistic about next week in Baltimore for sure. Yes, sir. So some of the points that I had, I guess, coming out of this game, like um, I don't know if you guys understand this. This is crazy. Me and Ace been doing this for a while, right? Not only that we just got the dub or whatever, but we've been doing this for a while. I had never, like, pulled up my YouTube, so it's a different format. We're going to see how it, how it goes today. We're going to see if you guys are on, on board with everything. But it's the same exact show, so feel free to chime in, say whatever you got to say. But back to the game. I'm sorry. Um, in the game itself, overall, we had some points that we had talked to after my live uh, stream that I heard earlier today in the Harry Nuts game. Uh, live on my Instagram. Right. Coming off of that game, mm -hmm. to me, it's, it's so simple. But you tell me, what were the keys to victory today? What were the reasons the Bengals won? I think the offensive line holding up uh, had to happen. Obviously, after coming off of a game where there were eight sacks, some of them were Joe's fault, some of them were the offensive line's fault. That definitely hurt us. Um, also, I think punching in um, – you know, when you get those opportunities, the Bengals have had several opportunities throughout these first couple of weeks. They haven't always cashed them in. That was something that was key uh, in this game. I think also they had to stop the run. Right. We saw like ever since Cleveland kind of went off. Um, I've been always looking at what running backs were facing. You know, we had Miles Sanders last week. We had James Robinson this week. I thought they did a great job of stopping the run, especially with Geno out, especially with Mike Daniels out. That was one. Uh, not giving up those big plays. I think like in the last game, we kind of saw in the Eagles game right before the half, uh, right in overtime or right before overtime, the defense gave up those big plays. We didn't really see that. Um, so I think that those were some of the keys were blocking for Joe Burrow. Um, also, I kind of touched on the coaching as well, like calling the right plays, getting in a rhythm. Uh, being able to put Joe in this offense and great opportunities to take advantage, um, you know, Essentially, I think they did all of that. Like there wasn't really much like, of course, the defense. Some people I've heard talk about the defense, but looking at Zach Taylor, I kind of looked at after it and he kind of gave game balls out. And he talked about the fact that they were able to hold the Jaguars under 100 yards rushing. Me being a guy that has James Robinson on my fantasy team, I was kind of worried about that coming in because he's done very well against other teams. So the fact that we were committed um, and able to stop him, I think that that was huge. DJ Chark, I said that he would be a problem in the game. He scored two touchdowns, but they didn't let DJ Chark beat them and blow them out of this game. And also turning, um, forcing turnovers. Gardner Minshew will turn the ball over. We did capitalize on those. So honestly, to me, I think they did everything that you had to do to get a victory. I can't hear you. Okay. So you know I can't let you live. No, nah, you can go ahead. We can talk about All right. it. So we he gave us and he gave us the most professional joint. We're gonna turn this episode up a little bit because we I feel like we got a dub. Like, all right, listen, 
He gave us the most professional answer he possibly could have earlier today. And and I'm and I think I'm with you too. I'm not a big I'm not a big believer of the coaching staff, right? Mm-hmm. But and from me, because I big up the players so much, I'm putting so much faith in the players. I always look straight to the players. I'm not looking for calls. I ain't looking for nothing extra. I just want my player one-on-one with whoever. And a lot of times coaching is very, very important to that. Earlier today and mm-hmm. yesterday and all these days, right. coming into the game, mm-hmm. before we start to talk about coaching, I gave you three opportunities. I said, mm-hmm. who going to win the football game, Ace? What was your answer? I mean, I it, saying I mean, it to yeah, you, saying it to you. First of all, I said that the Jaguars were going to win this game. I said okay. that they were going to win this game to you and on various platforms. And everybody that follows me know that I said this. If you follow me on Twitter, you know that I was saying it. The only reason I said that we would lose to the Jaguars was because of the coaching. Because when you look at a lot of the games coming off the Eagles game, the Eagles game is what really made me feel like this coaching held us back. Because when you look at that game, the Philadelphia Eagles, not a good team. Uh, Doug Peterson, good coach, but not a good team. And the fact that you had Deshaun Jackson go out of that game, the fact that you had Dallas Goder go out of that game, another time you had Darius Slay go out of the game and Zach Taylor decided to run it three times. And he did it today again. Let's not get it twisted. Like, there was a dude from the Jags, Henderson went out. And even the announcer of the game was like, Henderson's out. Like, why aren't you targeting that but guy did, over there? they did go against that guy. His name was like. It was the first round corner, I think, from Florida. Number he went out of the game. Number thirty-seven, because remember he went at him one time with AJ Green, and and and, and he didn't catch it. He he did go right after that. Right, right. But the announcer himself went out of his way to be like, "You got to go at at him with him being out of the game." So, um, from that perspective, I just lost faith in his coaching staff because when I just backing things up, when I looked at this uh, schedule to start the season, I was like, oh, Jags game is a win. Oh, Chargers game is a win. Oh, we're going to get one of them Browns games. Oh, we're going to like after we lost to the Eagles, I couldn't say that every game that I thought we were going to win, whether it's Giants, Dolphins, I couldn't say that we were going to win those based off of the situations when we were in with those teams. We didn't pull out the win. So like for me, it didn't come down to Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow was balling. Joe Burrow, if you look at his PFF score last week, he had an elite grade. He was one of the top um, quarterbacks last week performance wise. And if you look at that in in contrast to what he did today, he played better last week. So to me, it was never about Joe Burrow. I'm a Joe Burrow believer. I felt like Joe Burrow could take us to the playoffs. But when I see these decisions that the coaching staff was making in terms of putting certain guys out there like Fred Johnson last week, uh, putting Billy Price out there, rolling to the right. Like these were things that Zach changed today. If you notice, Joe Burrow rolled to the left because that's the stronger side of the line. So like little key decisions like that that I saw from Zach were was not what I saw in the first three games. I even saw a tweet that said this was Zach Taylor's best play calling game ever as a Bengals coach. Like this was not this was not that. So when I said the Jags, it was because I felt a Multiple lot of people times. were sleeping on the Jags because the Jags, um, from from what I had seen from my research, they were top seven in the NFL when it came to um, offensive efficiency. So that means that they're converting on, you know, touchdown drives and stuff like that. They're putting up points. Zach Taylor, like, yeah, we've put up 30, but those are games that we should have put up 35, 40, like you said yourself, like. Those were games that we should have put up more points and cashed in on more opportunities. That's what I was worried about. 
I'm worried about if we go there like we did early on and went for three and all of that, like that's what I'm worried about. Like luckily the Jags coach didn't have hair on his nuts because any other coach of Doug Peterson's in that situation, or you going against Mike Tomlin in that situation right before the half, they're going for a touchdown. They're not going to take your three. They're not going to on that first drive when you go into, into Cincinnati and they took that field goal and missed it. Like another coach isn't going to do that. Like a good coach is going to go out there and be like, I'm about to win this game. And for me, that's what made me not confident, not even in just Zach, the entire coaching staff. I didn't like what the defense did last week either. Like when Greg Ward was open and all of that, like those were were things that happened in that game that just made me not confident in the coaching staff at all. It wasn't about our talent. I feel like we have amazing talent. I feel like we have an amazing quarterback, a top 10 quarterback. I don't hesitate to say that. But I felt like he was in a LeBron situation where it's like LeBron had Mike Brown as his coach, right? Mike Brown held the Cavs back. Like, yeah, LeBron did all that he could to get them in a position to win. But at the end of the day, when you're going against a Greg Popovich or you're going against somebody like a, a Steph Van Gundy when LeBron and them lost to the Magic, you losing them games because of coaching. Like, that's what it comes down to. So for me, that's that's why I was where I was. And anybody that follows me, y'all saw me the whole week talking about how creative Jay Gruden was, how I never saw Zach Taylor run any trick plays, how I never saw any of that creativity that we hired him for. And y'all saw me talking about that all week. Like, that's why I said what I said. All right. I say that to you to say this, because I have a great message, I think, for all Bengals fans all over the world. As long as you this, – the simple form of this is this. As long as you have number nine, don't ever, ever doubt the Bengals. And I'm not saying that you said that. You never said anything to waver off of Joe Burrow. But the difference is this. I think sometimes somebody else – I said this to somebody else. They said – I think they were thinking I was comparing Zach Taylor to Mike McCarthy or something like that. Same thing when I think I had a conversation with you. Mike McCarthy is not an elite coach. He doesn't do anything to make his team a lot better than anybody else's. Mike McCarthy has seen more than Zach Taylor is. If we're arguing or apples to oranges, Mike McCarthy might get, have might have us at two one and one or something right now, right? I don't know, but that's that's debatable. The point is this: Mike McCarthy didn't make Aaron Rodgers, right? Zach Taylor is never going to make Joe Burrow. So my expectations versus your expectations are probably a little bit different. I'm not expecting the coaching staff to go win us or scheme us a game open. I'm only expecting our players to go out and go win and play. And on paper, Jags are some shit. You wanted to tell them, you wanted to tell us about all this stuff about the Jags and I got fantasy football. I'm going against Chark. I'm going against Robinson and stuff like that. On paper, talent-wise, whether I feel Carlos Dunlap is what he used to be, whether I feel AJ Green, on, on paper, I don't even know half them dudes. And the dudes that I do know, they're not as lit as people thought they was. And I said that before the game. When we ended the conversation, I said, fuck the Jags. Like, that was the last thing I said to you before the game. Fuck mm -hmm. the Jags. And I mm -hmm. said that to say, as long as you have number nine, I'm never going to doubt anything. And just know, Zach Taylor will never put us in a position. If anybody is in here, is, is hoping that Zach Taylor or Lou Anarumo or somebody like that is going to put us in a position to, like, to outcoach somebody, it's not happening. Like, that's not what he's here. Maybe throughout the years or something like that, maybe with more, like, 
more attrition, more different times that you fail. He's learning, making in-game mistakes. This is one thing I was telling people on the live is that Bill Belichick is Bill Belichick because there's nothing he hasn't seen. That's his number one thing. So after every single drive, he doesn't wait till halftime to make adjustments. He's going to make an adjustment the play after, the week after. Somewhat of your, of your point is true. If you go look at last week or even the Chargers game or even the Browns game, even from a defensive standpoint, there are different times where the coaching staff is not going to put our players in the best place to win. But I know that we don't have the best coaching staff. But trust me when I say this. Our players are in a lot of different times, especially in the Eagles game, in position to go win the game. And even today, they were in a position with the Drew Sample uh, drop touchdown where he lets the guy rip it from him. Uh, Hopkins with the – it was a bullshit uh, holding call or whatever from Hopkins on the Tyler Boyd touchdown. There are all, all these different ways that the players themselves hurt, hurt themselves. That's the difference between people not clicking on ESPN right now and not seeing 42 points. Zach Taylor or whoever you want to say got us down in the red zone every single game. But it's up to the players to execute on a lot of that shit. And this is the difference between winning and losing sometimes. When we win, things look good. Every like People are going to forget the fact that nobody's even going to bring up Alex Erickson fair catching balls with 10, 10 fucking uh, yards in front of them. Like, that's the reality of winning. Like, we're not going to harp on small things. But when you go and win, like, everything looks better. So now Zach Taylor's coaching and his plays look better because we won. But we was in the red zone, and we are the worst red zone efficient team in the NFL. I think when they had two uh, two different tries down in the red zone and they didn't get it on fourth down, and then they came back with the next play and then the throw to Drew Sample one, he should have just ran the ball again. And if you didn't get it on third down, run it again on fourth down. But the problem is that the players aren't executing or making plays in big key spots. So I always say, well, maybe they're not as good as we are that I thought we were. And that's the bottom line. A lot of people like you, you got to think when Joe Burrow's out on the football field, Joe Burrow doesn't think about anything from the Bengals past. When Joe Mixon's running out there, he doesn't give a fuck about anything that happened in the Bengals past. Tyler Boyd is from Pittsburgh. Like, he doesn't care about nothing. So a lot of people uh, focus on the, the ghosts of Cincinnati's past or different things that didn't go in their favor or, oh, I'm just like, and they just think the worst before we get up there. Key spot, we're up winning seven points. This is a mentality that I want everybody to understand moving out, like moving to the next, the next couple games of their life. The difference in the first three games is Joe Burrow had to have the harness on him because when he had um, – uh, it, when, when Joe Burrow had his first game, he's he's in his first rookie game, so they couldn't take the reins off of him. Second game, he goes and gets blitzed by the Browns like crazy. He has to catch up. He still goes for 30 points. Third game or whatever, they still couldn't take the, the reins off him fully because, remember, we want to run the ball. Joe makes a game. At the end of the game, and I said this in the press conference, Joe Burrow pretty much, he didn't guarantee it, but he said, We're, we got to get this win on Sunday. We have to get – like, he hadn't said it definitively like that. Like He had said like, that before. He, he, said said, it he, he said it, but he didn't say it like, you got to show me what he said before. The way mm-hmm. he said it in the press conference that I played, Joe Burrow is saying like, nah, this is a dub, like, like, like without saying it. It's like this thing that he was doing, like the way he worded it, that's a right. dub. And people are so caught up on like, say we get, we got up, we got up seven points in that game. Cool. Right. Everybody texting me, including yourself. 
oh, we got to score. We got like, yeah, I want to score. Hell yeah, I want to score. I want to have mm-hmm. a big lead, right? Mm-hmm. But when you go play Aaron Rodgers, when you go play Russell Wilson, when you go play Patrick Mahomes, you don't ever they, – they don't lose those games. They go up seven, ten points or whatever. Like, the tie last week was fluke as shit. Like, I, 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 I honestly – I could go over plays oh, – so many plays that players should have played. Higgins should have made a play in that Eagles game. That could have won them the game. Uh, A.J. Green could have made a play in a – like, there, there's so many different plays on offense that I look at. There's so many plays on defense where Wentz had no pro- – had no – no business like everybody was in the play in the position that they were supposed to be went scored mm-hmm. on a touchdown he had no business winning mm-hmm. but the difference is in a game like this i'm never worried i don't i don't feel like i need to pad a lead or anything like that even though that would be nice because i know mm-hmm. i got to get the ball back and people got to buy into this whole concept of when you got a lead and you got number 9 he's dangerous as hell and he and i'm never you're not going to lose those games anymore but for 8 years we lost those games we're not going to lose those those games more no more, and I and and that's something that doesn't happen to Russell Wilson, and that's the one thing I want to encourage people to like. It's going to take a while. I know I'm saying it, and it sounds a little crazy because we're not used to that as Bengals fans. But you're not going to lose those games anymore. Like I'm not worried. All I said to to, to Ace before that drive is we got to run the ball. They had a lot of success off that, and they didn't have to do nothing else but run the ball, the clock was ran down, Mixon did what he had to do. But say they didn't. Mm-hmm. I just wanted the clock to go away. Gardner Minshew could come out there and tie the game up. I still got number nine, and I know I'm going to win that game. It's certain games that you know that you're going to win when you got a good quarterback like that. And coaching cannot do that for you. The bu- the players got to play at some point. Like, unless you got Kyle Shanahan that's going to scheme me up something crazy and nobody's going to be expecting it. Like, I just, if you're basing the, uh, this on Zach Taylor, next week you're going to hate Zach Taylor. I promise you that. Because when they go against the Ravens, who are a marginally better team, the same play calls will get eight the hell up. Like, it doesn't matter. They're just a better team. So for me, I think, I think, uh, and I don't know if you're just talking to, about Bengals fans in general when you say that, when you talk about the last eight years, and I told you we need to put this game away, it's because when you look at the game last week in Philadelphia, that was the first game that they ever had a lead. They didn't put the game away. Philadelphia came back. That game had no business going into overtime. And when you get up on these teams and you get in those situations, like I don't feel like Carson Wentz is better than Joe Burrow. Number nine did get the ball in overtime, but what you're not remembering or what you're not thinking is we go to overtime. What if we don't get the the flip of the coin? Like, what if it goes to them first and the first touchdown wins? You said what? Did Joe Burrow ever make a mistake in overtime? Joe Burrow himself said that that game was a loss. He didn't look at that game. But but hold up. But look, let's look at that game because you make a very interesting point. Somebody I'm pretty sure should have said that. Okay, Zim, shut the fuck up, right? Uh, Joe Burrow had the ball and he had a chance to win it, right? But let me ask you this. In that game, when you go into overtime and you go look at how he was sacked on first down on the first drive, so Mm -hmm. now he's in all. Like, go look at that game. Joe Burrow was never in a position – uh, he never put us in a position. I'm, I'm not, he never, I'm not. He never. He never lost the game. Is what I'm trying to tell you. What I'm. What I'm saying is, Joe Burrow can't play defense. So if we flip a coin and the Jaguars got it, and let's just say, you know, let's just say Lashawn Sims gets beat on a deep on a deep route, like what can Joe Burrow do? They win the game. Not so that. like, right. so like for me, that's what I was worried about. It's like when we had these games where we get up on teams, especially teams that are not as good as us, put them to sleep, like. Make sure that we don't give them any kind of opportunity to creep back into a game because 
bro, when we score, you couldn't have told me when we scored against the Eagles. I'm like, oh, this game is over. Like, Dang. it's cool. We good. This is over. And then what happened? What happened in the fourth quarter happened, and I was just like, bro, I can't believe like this was a tie because that's the difference between two and two, um, two and two right now, and one two and oh, or one two and one. So, so for me, that's where I was coming from. I it wasn't that I w- didn't feel comfortable with it. It nah, was it's that your it's your it pass. Was it's eight well, my years. pass is one game. It's my eight years. One game. You don't even realize it. That's eight years of a Bengals fan. Think everybody's thinking the same thing that they, oh, bro, we done lost so many games like that. You don't nah, even. Realize I didn't. It. I didn't feel like that in that Eagles game when we went up and we had the lead. I was like, oh, we're good. Like they don't have. So why you feel like that score. today? Then? Why did I feel like that today? Like, because, like we gotta have some extra going on. Okay, let's let's go back to the first half. Like this was this was very similar to like the Eagles game. Let's go back to the first half when the Jags with 57 seconds and no timeouts. Like we had three timeouts. So good kudos to Zach on that. Cause if you've been watching the timeouts, he's been blowing timeouts like Marvin Lewis as well. But we had our timeouts. It took them 57 seconds to drive down the field and really almost score against us. Like that kind of stuff, like with the defense, with Lou and stuff like that, those are things that we can't give up. Like I said, we're lucky every, that every half their time, coach every half was acting like Marvin. Like Doug Marone isn't a good coach either. Like he's very conservative. You know, Zach had – Zach grew hairy nuts today. Like another one, fourth down um, early in he, the game. He went, he went for he went fourth down home, two weeks ago, five for in five. Our territory, in our own territory. He went for no, it. Like, but, but, but what's the difference, though? He did that two weeks ago. He went five for five on fourth down. But the difference is we lost. But you're not – you but see what I'm saying? Okay. Like when you All win, right. when, when Bengals fans win, I'm I don't, trying to think, if y'all I'm heard, if y'all bro. seen Zach do anything bad coaching wise in this game, please put if, it in the chat. Because I would, we have live tweeted games where Zach has made play calls with like tosses had, with Joe Mixon to the right. I didn't see him, bro. I he honestly, had, I didn't I'll see show him. You, I'll show you. I'll cut you up a couple plays. I promise you. I'm not just capping for the live or whatever. Like, I will cut up a couple plays that I just thought that was bad spot. He went back to running on second and 10. Like, he did that two drives today or whatever. And mm-hmm. ultimately, it caused us for the first punt that we had, I think, or maybe even the only punt of the game. I'm going to tell you the only mm-hmm. difference, and we'll get into some points on the game on, like, some mm-hmm. other different things. I'm going to tell you the only difference that you think that Zach Taylor called a better game today. They blocked. I promise you. No. That's the no, only thing. No. Bro, he bro, controlled his no timeouts. There was he no controlled his timeouts. Like, show me a, a time in that game blocked, in the they first blocked. half where we still had three timeouts at the end. Like, he was not bro, doing blocked. that, bro. When you block for Yes, him, he like, blocked. Yes, they blocked. But bro, they like, were, they, okay. How could, how could the play develop? How could anything happen with the play if, if Joe Burrow's getting knocked down 13 times, was pressured okay. 19? He was When you out, know out, that, out, though, why out, would you out, roll out, out to the right? Why would you roll out to the right? Why would you roll out to the right? Because he feels comfortable rolling out to the right. We went over that last week where we said well, he's we cutting all, off at the Everybody field. in this chat knows the right side of the line is the weakest part of the line. Ooh. Why would you roll but, into but I'm going to just say this to you ultimately. You could call mm-hmm. whatever you want. You could be Bill Belichick. You could be whoever you want. If right. you drop back and a guy's getting pressured 19 times, he gets knocked down 13 times, and gets sacked eight times, it doesn't matter what you call. Today, how many times was he pressured? Three. How many knockdowns? Three. How many sacks? Okay. None. And That's ha- were his stats better? Were his stats better, though? They were the same. But but no, you see what I'm saying? But you're able to no, call. He had 300 yards last week. No. And he had more touchdowns. And how many more touchdowns? 
He had more touchdowns. He got sacked week. eight times last week. Like Joe Burrow, like but he had you more talk about last week. You talk about these great quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers can get sacked eight times. What is he gonna do? He's gonna win the game, is he not? Listen, it's growing pains, and I understand your point, but there's a point in time like I feel like Aaron Rodgers would lose that game, though. You see what I'm saying? I understand what you're what the point you're trying to make. Aaron Rodgers, right. that same belief, that's the belief that I have in Joe Burrow. But right. Aaron Rodgers would have lost that game. Pat Mahomes would have lost that game. Did y'all see Pat Mahomes against the Chargers? Like he looked flustered. He looked like he couldn't do anything in that game. Right. Like it ha- it happens to the best of them. And I just don't think like you could say, like to me, formations were the exact same. They had one little misdirection in the round, which they tried yeah, to do. They tried, they had one to Erickson and one to Boyd or, or Higgins. They had one to Higgins, one to Boyd. We've and, never and, seen and, that play. And, 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 and the only reason why it worked is because they've been doing them tough. They set that up for three weeks. They did them fake toss sweep, the mixing like they've been doing and getting killed on it. And instead, mm-hmm. they handed it off. I feel like it got set up. So that is good play calling. But over the last weeks, I feel like he had good calls. But how could you nah. call anything if a guy if a guy's nah. getting killed? The only they didn't, they didn't target so, sample so, at all. So let me ask you this: next they week they didn't target sample last week at all. After a game where sample had uh, sample fucked up today, seven seven I think something like nine targets. The same game that Uzoma got hurt. I I was sitting here before the game. I was like, oh, they got to go back to sample because sample was doing this thing last game. They didn't even target sample last game. So I don't sample, know what sample not even that lit to me. Like he's I mean, you already know how I feel about Sample, but he's, saying, he's but slow. You gotta at least target him. Okay, I, I I feel like Joe Burrow is like the the more and more I learn about Joe Burrow to any tight end. Mm-hmm. Like you were talking about ball distribution, distribution every single game. Like eight people touch the football with Joe Burrow. I wasn't Nothing, talking about like, ball distribution. You did you're talking say about that. Sample. No, any, anybody like you said that earlier today. But in along with that, but let me tell you about this on a week to week basis. Next week, I promise you this. We're going to play a way better football team, and the defense is going to look very stupid in a lot of different spots. If you win the game, you will say the play calling is good. If you lose no, the game – It's, it's not about that. It's I, not about that. You like, know, Tyler Boyd is another one. Before last game, when was he targeting Tyler Boyd in the first two games? I feel like that's on Joe, though. In overtime, he should have targeted uh, Tyler Boyd on the first two drives, and he never did. That's on Joe. That's not coaching. Zach can't make his arm go like that. And make everybody knows you call that's plays. You know who your first read is. You know who your second read is. Like, yeah, that's you that's think possibly. Zach Taylor made him not throw the to- Tyler Boyd in overtime in the first two. So three are we gonna act like there's not plays for specific players? Like, but I'm, just, I'm asking. I'm, I'm asking. Ahead. Do you think that Joe Burrow had the option to throw the Tyler Boyd and he just didn't? I was kind of confused by that because yes from what no. we saw, what we saw in the offseason. Tyler Boyd was supposed to be his number one guy. So why aren't you calling plays for Tyler Boyd? I feel you, but Joe Burrow got the keys now. Like, I don't know about them, but if he, like, he should have went to Tyler Boyd. That's how I look at it. I feel like we're saying the same mm-hmm. thing in a, in a nutshell. Like, we need better coaching, and I, and I fuck with I that. I liked what I saw. I liked what I saw today. Like, I can't name the last but, time. But I that think you're going to hate it next week. I the, think you're going to hate it next week. Because it, don't, it don't matter to me. I don't think that, like, if we lose to Baltimore, cool. But if we're losing to Baltimore, like, we lost to the Browns off of play calls in the red zone, yeah, I'm going to be mad. Like, I'm going to be like, bro, we could have had a touchdown there instead of three. Like, why did we call that? Or, like, if we're on the one-yard line and we could have, like, right. run a QB sneak with Joe Burrow and then we get a holding call the next play and then we got to run something else that doesn't make sense, yeah, I'm going to be mad. But, like, if it's just that – they beat us. Both teams show up, and we lose by a little bit. No, I'm not gonna be mad. But when it's when it's coaching that's involved, that 
dictates the outcome, then yeah, I'm gonna be upset with it because you know, from Zach's perspective, I heard a lot of this and I went to bat for Zach. Don't get it twisted. I went to bat for years, like from day one for Zach, because a lot of people that watched him at UC and you get a lot of those Bengals fans in here that, and like, I wasn't the only person calling for Zach Taylor. That's another thing. It's a lot of people in this chat that was calling for Zach Taylor's head after the game too, but that's neither here nor there. A lot of people felt like he wasn't a good play caller. That's why when he got up last week after the game, reporters are asking him, hey, are you going to give up the play calling duties and give them to Brian Callahan? Like, you, people don't ask you that if that's not a concern. And, I, and another thing, I talked about the video after the game where people were getting game balls. Guess who got a game ball? Guess who got the last game ball? Zach Taylor. And Joe Mixon gave it to him. He said, Zach Taylor, for this game that you call, you get a game ball. At the end of the game. That's just, what you do. That's just what you do for your coach with the first one. I'm gonna tell you the I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell y'all the sad realities of fandom. Like this is the realest shit y'all will ever hear right here. If we lose that game, do you know what we're talking about on this thing? And it's so crazy that we won the game. It doesn't we even talk about like, fire Zach Taylor. If they lost that game, no, no, hold on, wait, wait a second, wait a second. <laughs> if we lose that game, I'm gonna tell y'all the number one topic we're talking about. The three late hits to Joe Burrow today that were not called. The late hits from the dude from four, number 42, the dirty ass hit from 42 right. or two yeah, different dirty as So this is this is what happens when you win and versus when you lose. First and foremost, any of my ops, right? All of my ops that hit me today, right? The first thing that they hit me, you know what they say? Oh, it was just the Jaguars. But before the game, it was we were going to lose to the Jaguars. It's the difference between winning and losing, and it's the sad reality that people don't – you got to swallow this pill sometimes and understand – that's why I never really blame the refs and I really don't blame coaches. I'm looking for players to make plays because if I win that, if I lose that game today, I don't want to be sitting here telling y'all how AJ Green only had one catch for three yards. He was blanketed all over the place. 42 had all these dirty hits. Uh, Zach Taylor shouldn't, he shouldn't be calling runs on second down. Like I'm a, it met when you lose, it magnifies everything that you did that wasn't right. So next week, when we go to play Baltimore, everybody got to stay woke. It's the same formation. It's the same offense. It's the same defense. The players have to go and do something very special to go beat them. They have to go do some stuff that the coaching staff is not even capable of doing. You know what I'm saying? Right, so right. so that, that's that's what I'm trying to tell people. Like, you got to understand, like, when we win, people are going to downplay everything. They're going to downplay the fact that it was the Jags. Before I played the Jags, you said we were going to lose to the Jags. Three people text me and said we was going to lose to the Jags. Immediately after we won the game, everybody that said that said, oh, it was just the Jags. Because but I said every- we were going to lose because of coaching. Like, Zach Taylor but brought his said, A-game. oh, it was the Jags. And that's what I'm trying to tell you. Because every single coaching, time that you, every the, time you how win how a game. Had the Eagles won? How many games had the Eagles won? The Jags had one more win than the Eagles. Like, they both up. Both those teams exactly. Suck. We lost to teams that aren't good. We've lost to them. Like, let's not but act like we're but at this. the end of the Eagles game. Nobody said the Eagles suck. Nobody did. What they said that Zach Taylor suck. A lot of people said the Eagles suck. A I, lot of I, people I, were upset I, that we I, lost I think, to them. I think I don't even think Zach Taylor sucks. I just think he's an average coach that hasn't seen a lot yet. So it's it's hard for him to make a lot of adjustments that some of the big time coaches went. If you're looking for him to be some creative, Kyle Shanahan, Sean, I'm not. I'm not looking for that. Look at look at Stefanski. Look at Stefanski on the Browns. If you're looking for him to be a Sean McVay type uh, coach or whatever, he's just not capable of that. He's not mm-hmm. as smart as Sean McVay. He doesn't mm-hmm. have the play design. We've already seen that through two seasons. Okay. So so people locking in on that, like you're not going to mm-hmm. get that. What you're going to get is the same plays. 
because it's the same system that they're trying to get in cohesion with. They're going to mm-hmm. play a better Baltimore Ravens team, and it's going to make the defense look crazy. When they when Lamar Jackson and whoever they decide to hand the ball <laughs> off of who runs for 200 yards, right, they're, everybody's going to say, what is Lou Anarumo doing? No. Like, you're going up against a better team, period. And today they blocked, gave Joe Burrow time, period. Do you have anything today that you saw that you think that there's something that we need to look at? Because I, I, I kind of hinted at something like A.J. Green, uh, the three yards. Are you worried about I mean, that? I mean, for me, I think it, it's clear that maybe A.J. has lost a step. I don't know if it's a hamstring. I don't know. It's just not the same A.J. So um, I think they kind of realized that mid-game and started going more to Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. I don't have a problem with that. Um, in terms of the coaching, like we said, uh, Kevin Stefanski, prime example. Nobody expects him to be the next great offensive coach. What they're doing in Cleveland is simple. They're putting Baker Mayfield on the Andy Dalton diet, and it's working. It started against us. You know, they've run off, what, three they wins now? Like, they're winning, they're winning with a game plan where they're relying on their run game, trusting Baker Mayfield to play like Andy Dalton and holding on to the game, and it's winning, and it's winning. Um, so they got, a, think, they got a way better team, though. They have a better coach. I don't. Th- I don't feel like to be I'm honest. Right with you, I don't feel like the Browns are better than us like that, bro. Like I. I don't. I feel like we should have won that game. And I think yeah, like for sure, for people sure. wouldn't. I wouldn't point out the coaching so much if these games were blowouts. Like if we weren't in those games, like nah, okay, they just had the better team or this and that. Like if it's not that we're losing these games and Zach Taylor has some crazy record hard. where he's he's this he has this bad record in games of three points or less or something like that one score games. That that's my only issue. But I think. This gave me some optimism because of what I saw from Zach. I love the creativity, seeing Gio and, and Joe on the field at the same time, seeing Joe get involved in a passing game, as we've seen a little bit, but they really stuck to it. Seeing Joe, like, really involved in the plays that they use for him. And T. Higgins, like, I can go with that. T. I can Higgins? rock with that. I can rock with that in the next game. Like, I'm almost optimistic to the point where one of the things about the Ravens, yes, they're a great team. Uh, yes, they have all of these weapons and all of that, but the one thing that they do not have that I get on my man, uh, Sonny, that's a Ravens fan. We do the AFC North talk together. We all, everybody in division says this, they do not have a pass rush. And if you let Joe Burrow sit back there and eat you up and Zach's calling up the right plays, oh, this is going to be closer than a lot of people think. Like this could possibly be a game where we get lucky and get a win, but it's going to have to be the perfect script and it's going to have to be the perfect game for us to call against those guys. So I feel very confident going into the next game based off of what I've seen from Zach Taylor in this game. Uh, You know, I'm still a little bit worried about the defense, but like you said, this is, this is LJ, but what a good coach would do, what a good coach would do. And I don't know why Lamar said this. this, And I I, I hear this. Before you say this, this is the reigning MVP we talking about here before you say this. Let's talk about it. Let's talk stay, about it. Stay alert. So, so one thing, one thing that we talked about on the AFC North talk is after that Chiefs game, Lamar Jackson said they did exactly what the Titans did to me in the playoffs. Your antennas, if you're Zach Taylor, should have went straight up. Any defensive coordinator in the NFL, when Lamar Jackson said that and finished that game with 97 yards passing and did not look like Lamar Jackson MVP, Lamar Jackson, that's the game plan. You take exactly what t- the Titans did on defense, Luana Rumu, and you run that. 
And Zach Taylor, you do whatever you want to do on offense. You can use the same game plan from this week. But when it comes to defensively, that coaching staff should have been like, we're going to do exactly what the Tennessee Titans did because the Chiefs did the same thing. The Chiefs aren't a good defense, and it worked. And we got to do that. Like, that's what we have to do to go in and beat Lamar Jackson, especially with him being in this division. Why not take it? You got the blueprint. Take it and execute it and do what you got to do to come out of there with a win. Because if Zach Taylor's calling that fire like he was today, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You throw G up like, bro, how long long have we said? How long have we said? How long have we said Giovanni Bernard and Joe Mixon should be on the field at the same time? time, How many times have we said that? Right. You said that for a while, so like, bro, he's not calling fire, dog. They just blocked. Like, he was calling fire today. Bro, that's he was calling fire today. He was calling fire today. Zach was, hey, put the fire emojis in the comments. And Zach was calling that fire today. He was calling that fire today. I'm trying to tell all y'all today. Like, it, it brought me to the realities of this football team, and I said this. I said this last week. Like, I, I agree with you on so many different points, and I definitely agree with you. Like. Like, on, on coaching, period. Like, I do want a coach that can do, like, make the play calling stuff to put me in a, in a better position. But I think it's very telling that he was, like, what, 0 for 7 on games within one, you know, with, with within right. one scoring. Like, I just right. know he's not capable. The only way he could get better is just processing through losing and making bad decisions and learning from his mistakes, for real. Because he's just not, like, a guy that could – he's not a genius-level talent that's going to take our team to this, like – it's not that. It's going to be Joe Burrow, and it's going to be the line blocking. Like, today, like, just look at the pockets. All the pockets was clean. All the pockets was clean. All the pockets, pockets was, clean. was clean. Like, yeah. like every like, – like, it doesn't matter what I call. If I got elite quarterback and the pockets was clean, the difference is, okay, say the Ravens do the, do that. I'm going to tell mm-hmm. you one thing that and, – and I'm not saying this to disagree with you. Sure. Uh, the, Ra- the Ravens, we don't have the personnel of – the Titans on defense. We don't we don't have that, but at the same time, I understand like that could be the game plan. But at the end of the day, no matter mm. what, mm. like the reason why Lamar Jackson and a lot of people don't value him, like maybe I do. The reason why mm. Lamar Jackson is a top three, if not the number one quarterback, arguably in the NFL. And, and most people are like, oh well, I'm Pat Mahomes because y'all basing it off of just throwing. I'm basing it mm-hmm. off of everything that and that's winning. Uh, moving the chains, uh, uh, not being able – like, if you go look at that Ravens-Titans game, a lot of wide receivers failed them in that game. I remember mm-hmm. watching that game thinking about, like, God damn, they had so many drops in that game. Like, Andrews right. dropped – in the Chiefs game, Andrews drops the t- uh, t- a touchdown for him just a week ago. How do right. I notice I have Lamar Jackson on my fantasy football team? But regardless, at the end of the day, you could do whatever you want. When Lamar Jackson gets one-on-one with you next week, and you can have them all bottled up. The guy's in a place to make a play. He's going to mm-hmm. make people look stupid just the same way he did last year. Like when Jesse Bates and all them looked stupid on that one play where he just runs 60 yards down the field, everybody was where they were supposed to be. Lamar Jackson is just that much better than everybody else. And sometimes good players have off days. Sometimes good players and amazing players just don't do the unthinkable. I do mm-hmm. think with number nine, the same way, and I'm glad you said this about the Eagles game. Mm-hmm. With number nine, you always have a chance to win. The reason why you felt like that in the Eagles, I mean, yeah, in the Eagles game is because every time he had the ball after we stopped them, you always felt like he was going to win that. And that's the thing that I was saying today. I got the ball and I got the lead. I don't care about no cushion. I don't give a shit. 
Like, I got mm -hmm. Joe Burrow, and I know I'm going to win the game. Sometimes that might not happen, but I'm going to win the game. But mm -hmm. I'm not going to attribute it to play calling like, like next week if they actually bottle up Lamar Jackson. Like, you can't bottle up Lamar Jackson. Like, there's no nah, scheme. I'm not. There's I'm no not. scheme for Lamar Jackson. He's going to go oh, off. There's a scheme for him. There's a scheme for him. That Titan scheme works, you bro. He's going to go that, off. That Titan scheme does work. One thing that I will say is, um, just from, from communicating with the Ravens people and stuff like that, they're not blocking for him like they were have in years past. So they have some holes in that line. So we can get through to him and try to and try to do that in that game. But like you said, he's I mean, he's a top quarterback in this league, but we got a top guy now too. So Absolutely. That's, so like you said, with number nine, you, you always got a quarterback, got a you got a chance for sure. You always got a chance. So that that's the for one sure. thing I just caution everybody is like pay attention. There were people in my live, and I'm pretty sure in your live chat, um, mm -hmm. when, when things weren't going well, oh, this team sucks. And th those are the same people that told me that, oh, man, we what you said, like, we, we bro, we could probably make the play. Those are the same people that hit me later on. So stay woke to, like, the microscope is what I call it. Whenever right. you win it, everything looks really, really good. There was a lot bad today, and I'm not saying that to be, like, some Debbie Downer. Like, I'm so happy mm -hmm. that they pulled off the win. They did everything that they had to do to go win that game, put their foot on their neck, uh, came out throwing. I hated that one drive, though, where they threw three times straight and they ended up kicking the ball back to the Titans. And that's like it, Joe and Joe was hot. Joe had just scored a touchdown. I hated the play mm -hmm. calling today. Three, three straight pass plays didn't convert on any of them. They had to punt the ball back to them, gave them the ball. I hated that. Then they came back, uh, which we call it score, Jaguar score. Then the Bengals come back, and then Joe Mixon does what he has to do when they started handing the ball. To me, right. a lot of it's just the players just rising up. I said this all, all throughout the uh, game and last week. I believe that Alvin Kamara is a better running back than Joe Mixon. A lot of people got on me. That's not to diminish anything from Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon is lit. Joe Mixon is one of the best running backs in the NFL. Joe Mixon could be a top three running back. But the difference is Alvin Kamara every single week makes people miss every. And you could say it's the system or whatever. Yeah, go look at you could go look Sean at Payton Alvin. now. We talking about oh, Sean Payton system now. A, a, a way better coach that's always going to put him in a better position. So I'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt on that. But if you go look at Kamara's very special plays, if you're mm -hmm. gonna pay Joe Mixon 11 million dollars. Joe Mixon has to have special plays where he's hurling over motherfuckers, jumping into the end zone every single week. It's not enough for you to say, oh, well, they don't block for him or they didn't call what they're supposed to. Alma Kamara didn't have a great game today, but he had some special runs today. He had some mm -hmm. special passes, and that's why you pay those guys those special types of money. And that's just on the player itself. I'm, I'm expecting that the coaching is going to make sure that they put him in the best position to win. Like when Joe Mixon got that swing pass on the touchdown, I've been calling for that for every week. That's all Alvin mm -hmm. Kamara runs, just one-on-one -on -one in space. But Joe Mixon has had time and time opportunities to do that every single week. He fucked up week one. He came back the last week um, and didn't get the uh, the little short drive, whatever. He had a couple of different things where he didn't do what he's supposed to do. And today was the first time that I thought Joe Mixon did exactly what he was supposed to do to pay him $11 million. And that's just my opinion that Alvin Kamara is better. But if you watch a full Saints game, Alvin Kamara can absolutely carry the whole team on his back. And if they win or they lose, it's going to probably be a lot to do with Alvin Kamara. Joe Mixon doesn't even have to do that for the Bengals. He's got Joe Burrow to do it. Drew Brees, with a, with a lesser arm right now in this stage of his career, relies on Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara to make plays for him. And Joe Burrow and the Bengals need to do the same thing 
whether it's AJ Green, Tyler Boyd, or Joe Mixon, every single week. We shouldn't even be talking about uh, what Joe Joe Burrow did or he didn't. But I just know that Joe Burrow's going to win the game, and Joe Mixon today was special. And normally, he this year he hasn't been special, and that's what it's going to take for them to beat the Ravens. That's what it's going to take for them. If anybody has aspirations like I do of them getting seven, eight, and one, eight, seven, and one, going to playoffs, it's just our best players absolutely being better than what I thought they were or being what I what I think they are. I don't think Carlos Dunlap is really good anymore, right? But the average Bengal fan thinks that he's really, really good. When he goes to engage on his blocker and break through, and he's always right there, the quarterback, he just doesn't have it in, in, in him anymore to get free. So he just puts his hands up at this stage in his career. That's my belief. I could be wrong. I hope he proves me wrong every week. But at some point, Bengals fans got to say, we just don't have better players sometimes. In the in the in the uh, Browns roster, the Browns roster is really good. We were talking about the Browns, like their roster is good as it is. I, 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 don't I don't think they're cozy. I don't think that they have a better team than us like that. I don't think it's that that much of a of a difference. That's just my opinion. I just don't feel like their third receiver on down is as good um, as ours. But the other thing is this, like. If you're gonna if you're gonna say that, then you can't use that cop out with coaching and system and stuff with John Ross because John Ross was inactive again today. But if John Ross is on the Saints or something like that, he probably is getting off. If Joe Mixon, like right, yes, right. yes, Kamara is an amazing talent. I agree with you there. But if you put Joe Mixon in Sean Payton's offense where he actually knows how to utilize like his best skills. He's going off, bro. Like, yeah. I'm I'm sorry. He's going off. Like, he's taking off. Like, we don't even know how to utilize Joe Mixon, which we all as fans thought, like, as soon as we got him, this is Le'Veon Bell 2.0. We're not using him like Le'Veon Bell. If we were lining Joe Mixon out and stuff like that, like, he would be doing that in Sean Payton's offense. I'm not going to say that he would be better than Kamara, but he'd probably be, like, right there with him in terms of that. I agree. So, let me ask you this. Do you have any other points before we get out of here? I wanted to give kudos to uh to to Randy Bullock. Two games straight, no right. missed field goals. That's one thing I had. Right. Uh, I want I wanted to talk about the AJ Green thing, like I was saying. One AJ, K, yeah, AJ three yards. AJ for me, like I said before, I've been trying to cape for him and and figure out what it is. I think that it may just be that he's taking a slight step back. Uh, but I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I was talking to my, my nephew about it and he was like, Hey, if he's taking a step back, that's still a lot better, you know, as him being the number three option instead of the number one option. If that's what it has to be, then that's what it is. The only issue is like a lot of people try to make the parallel, uh, comparison with Larry Fitzgerald, right? The only issue with that is the Cardinals move Larry into the slot, right? Tyler Boyd is the slot. So unless they decide to move Tyler Boyd on the outside, that's the only way that you can really compensate for him losing that speed and still being effective in the middle of the field. And I 100% agree with you on that. But if you look at 2018, A.J. Green was in the slot the whole entire year. Now, granted, mm -hmm. him and Tyler Boyd didn't play a lot like on the field at the same time, I think, at one point. But if you look at the plays that they're running right now uh, in the five-wide sets or, or even the, when they stack or whatever – that would allow AJ Green to do that because you're using other wide receivers to get you open. You're using scheme, you're using plays, and you don't have to take the top off the defense. I think AJ Green absolutely could still go into that role based on the concepts that they're running right now because they didn't do the they wouldn't they went four wide a bunch of different times or they went I think they went three personnel one time when I seen uh, Seaton Carter and which we call it on the field at the same time. 
but AJ Green could. I think the Stephen Carter play. Where did where was that at? Stephen had some hands on that play, bro. Sample got hands too. It's just he's I never like what I saw from Sample. He, he, of he's him not gonna be dynamic though. Like if you go watch the, the Buccaneers like or you go watch any of uh, like. He just sample does not have that burst. Like in the game where he scored, had the seven or eight mm-hmm. catches, the yards at the catch, like he's very slow. Like for us coming off of Tyler Eifert, I just don't want people thinking that sample's ever going to be nah. anything remotely close to that. Like he is. I not think he could be close to Uzoma though. Like I don't, I don't think it's too far fetched. Like I think Uzoma's better, but I think that he could put up like close to Uzoma numbers. Like if they targeted him like that, I just feel like they gotta make him a priority just so defenses can be like we actually have to guard him or. Like, if they look at him and it's like, we're not targeting him, oh, they don't even target that dude, so don't even pay attention to Drew Sample. I think just having him there as a guy that they can at least throw a couple passes to, it makes the defense think, okay, he is a threat if he's wide open and running up the seam. Right. Now, I, I mean, I agree a whole bunch. Um, do you have any other closing remarks? <laughs> like, I Nah, mean- man, I really, honestly, I feel like, based off of what I saw today, I think that the Bengals – are going to, if they just go in with, with you know, what they did today and build on that, I think that this Ravens game is going to be a close one. I even take it just being a close game, but I really feel like that, that Joe's going to be the X factor in this game, and I'm excited to see what's going to happen because when you look at the Ravens schedule, they really haven't played anybody either like that. So this is going to be – and and one, one other thing, mm-hmm. when I looked at pro football focus as well, when you look at the overall grade of these teams, the Bengals were 14th, even after losing last week. They're not a bad team. They're, right, they're by right. no means a bad team. So I'm very interested to see um, this Ravens game. I got to dig into it more. But I have a feeling of optimism that this Ravens game, even though we lost and went through this, I would be happy with a Ravens win. If we could upset the Ravens and get to – Two, two, and one, or whatever. I take that. I take that in a heartbeat. I, 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 this is my guarantee to you. This is my guarantee to everybody. If we beat the Ravens, like we're going to the playoffs. Like that's first and foremost, right? Even if we split with them, if we win this game right now at this point of the season, we we're going to the playoffs. It might be eight, seven, and one. It might be nine, six, and one, or whatever. I don't know. Like, but we're going to the playoffs because. Once you do that, the confidence level, everybody will get on board with the winner circle. You start to have Trey Waynes and guys like that start to come back. All these different things start to happen. Mm-hmm. But this is the thing that I want to caution everybody about the Ravens game. And, and this is not no knock on Joe Burrow. I always feel like I have a chance to win. So if it's a close game and I get the ball, yeah, that's a dub. Like every time I get the ball, I feel like a dub. I felt like that all overtime in the Eagles game, which just ended in a tie. And it was a lot of different things that happened in there. Like, if I, I'm gonna run you back the overtime on that thing, like he had no time. If they block for him like they did today, if you're saying the pass rush is not as strong, right? If they block for him like they did today and the game is close, that's a dub. Right. But the problem is the Ravens do what we do the worst to me. To me, I, I still have no faith in them stopping the run. I just think that what happened is. We got up on the Jags at that one point when we steamrolled back into the game. They right. don't have a – if they had like a bruising running back, like a Leonard Fournette-type running back, which they gave up, 
I think that causes big problems for us. I, it's very clear Jesse Bates loves coming up to hit lesser, smaller running backs like James Robertson or whatever. He had no time. He had no. None of them had any problem wrapping up any at all today. When they play Nick Chubb and they play Hunt, they couldn't wrap up one soul. And when you go against the Ravens, the way that their blockers come at you for teams that don't work good off a run. I honestly think that they Lamar might have 100 yards passion, but they might run for 240 or something crazy. And the reason why it might be close is if they get turnovers to me. But if they don't do that, I don't think it's going to be close like that. Oh, like, one, thing really that one, one thing I'll say is another thing that really bailed us out with the Jags and James Robinson, there was one play in the game, I think it was in the second half, he broke a run and it was like a 15 or 20 yard run, but it was called back because of penalties. That right. whole drive, they killed themselves with penalties. They had like two or three penalties on that drive. I'm just glad that that happened because I was worried like when he broke that run like that, right. I was like, oh, snap. They, still, they still don't. They, the only reason why this is what I then When I say your offense is your defense, the only reason why that game is won is because we had a lead and a comfortable lead. Once you get mm-hmm. in a comfortable lead, now what are the Jags doing? Going for two-point conversions. That, that's what we got to do against the Ravens. Like, like, the Ravens like never – they always yeah, got a lead. They got to get you, up on them. Yeah, if that, you look that, at the Ravens, that, when they've always won, they've always had a lead. But look at any game where they haven't had the lead. That's when they struggle. Hey, I, I'm with it. Like, listen, I, I it's always a possibility to win. But if if right. anybody's cu- counting on play calling to catch John Harbaugh off guard or whatever this Sunday mm-hmm. or whatever coming up, like, no, that's not happening. Yeah, John Harbaugh is a better, Zach, better coach. Zach Taylor is not going to deliver anything. It's going to be players like Joe Mix. Now, I'm counting on them to work off of those plays because I, I kid you not, every time – that I watch an Alvin Kamara game and I see him in space. I say, why don't they just throw them swing passes to Joe like two, three times a game minimum, then go mm-hmm. give Gio a couple of those or whatever. But if they're doing that and the players can do some of above and beyond stuff early in that game and get up on them, yeah, I'm with you. But the problem that I feel like is that, and Akeem Davis Gaither had a couple bad plays today too, where he's chasing mm-hmm. at the guys, like whatever. I just don't think they have the, a dog with speed that can shadow Lamar at this point of their career. I think Akeem Davis Gaither and Logan Wilson will be that, but right, right. now in year one, I don't think they had an answer for it. I love the way that they drafted him just for that, but they're not ready for that smoke right now. And Sean Williams, maybe a little bit, I guess. Von mm-hmm. Bell, maybe a little bit. Like I feel like their whole team is designed to stop Lamar Jackson, but mm-hmm. seeing is believing, and I do doubt that based on – what I've seen in the past, and that's the Bengals' ghost pass coming back right now. And just like I said today, the only thing that stopped them from uh, uh, from losing the lead or losing that game to me is because the offensive line blocked their asses off today, and then two, the defense never got put on their heels where some running back that was big as hell was steamrolling over people. When the Bengals go to play teams that can run the ball. Those are the games that I'm more scared of. Like the Jaguars put no fear in my heart. Like him catching uh, Robinson, catching a bunch of passes. I talked about that in space, but Lamar Jackson, that's a different animal. They're going to throw three running backs at you. All of them dudes got different gears. They're going to be running the ball. Mm, I don't think they have better running backs. I think Lamar is a better running back. They're not not better, but they have a running system. They know who they are. 
the Bengals right. don't even really know who they really are, though. Like, are we a are right. we a thirty are we a thirty uh, handoff the Joe Mixon guy? Are we still trying to find AJ Green? Are we a right. feed the spot guy? Like, who are the Bengals? The Ravens will run the ball forty times, and they're going to mm-hmm. run it down your throat with three different dudes that are average. Me and you could run for the Ravens and probably average three yards a carry. Is my point. And right. that's the thing that I, I I think that's what the Bengals do worse, and that's what right. the Browns exploited, and that's the one thing that I would caution everybody about, like mm-hmm. thinking that you know whatever. But as at, with number nine, I want everybody to get into this habit of if you have a lead or anything like that, like Joe Burrow is going to win the same way that if Pat Mo, Pat Mahomes had the ball and they were up seven or they're down seven and he gets the ball. You always thinking they're going to drive down the field. To this day, I still think Tom Brady going to feel like that. I feel like that after four weeks with Joe Burrow. Like, definitely mm-hmm. no cap for no live, none of that. Like, I really feel that in my heart. Like, I'm not scared what happens, what the defense does. If he can get it within one score, Joe Burrow can go win the Ravens next week. But the, the defense is going to be really, really under the magnifying glass next week. And people are going to talk about scheme and all these different things like that. But it's going to be a lot of things that's going to catch them off guard that a lot of these younger guys that have not seen, that have not played up front in the trenches with the, with this team, Covington's of the world, Kaleem Kareed, their blocking schemes are going to be a little bit different. And the Bengals' run defense is the worst thing on their on their team to me next to their offensive line, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. No, nah, that's real. That's real. With that said, that was the first ever Orange is the New Black Podcast from the Zim Hude YouTube. Please make sure you subscribe to Zim Hude YouTube. Please make sure y'all go to ZimHude.com. But more importantly, please make sure you follow Ace Boogie, New Stripe City on Twitter. Make sure you follow him on Instagram. Check out all the shows on here. Chalk Talk. We need to get Mac Minnick on here to talk about, like, the play calling in this in this game, more importantly, and talk right. about everything else. I'm going to let Ace finish watching the Lakers go win their game and go up three. Other than that, y'all have a great night. Ace, you got anything you want to say? Nah, man. Who day? Let's enjoy the win. It's been a long time coming. I know we felt like we we should have been here uh, before this point. But, hey, a win is a win. You got to hold on and celebrate. And hopefully hopefully we can pull that upset. If not, at least relish it. Also, if if they decide to press pause on the season, hopefully it at least ends on the win. So I'm that's also lurking in the background. So let's hope I wouldn't even I wouldn't even mind that. Would you mind continues. that? Continues. I want I wanted to go. I want to see what we can do against Lamar before they press pause. I want to see that. I really want to see that before they press pause. I tell you this: the way he was getting killed before this game just now, Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. I was like, I've seen enough. I know I got the quarterback. Maybe I can regroup. Oh, yeah. In the offseason, go get me an offensive line. I was I was kind of thinking that, but I, I in the spirit of playing football, like let's keep on playing. Do we want to give up our special announcement that we got? We got two big interviews coming up. Let's do it. Let's do it. This is for everybody nah. that subscribed to Zim Huday's YouTube channel. Right. If you haven't subscribed, be sure to subscribe because we're gonna be dropping stuff like this on the channels. And if you're not subscribed, you're not gonna hear it. So be sure to hit that subscription down there and subscribe to his his YouTube page. Yes. Well, go ahead, Zim. I want to hold off on it a little bit. This upcoming Tuesday, make sure you check out me or Ace. You, you got to keep up with us. You got to follow us on Twitter. You We might stream from my YouTube. We might stream from his YouTube. We're mm-hmm. going to keep that under wraps. But we have a very big interview coming up Tuesday, and that's the only tease I could give y'all right now. And then the right. following Tuesday after that, we got an even another bigger, we got another, another big one. one. So, so two another very one. big current players, I will say that. 
current players, I gave a hint earlier in my live earlier today to people. I don't know if they saw it or not, but it was a small hint. So you got to keep on making sure y'all follow us if y'all want us to drop them jewels on you. And Tuesday is the day that we're going to have a very big interview. Who day? Who day?